To talking tech while poking smut. I am Chad Syntax, and I am here to ramble for about 31 minutes and 33 seconds about some bullshit about software engineering, computer science, and everything in between or otherwise. And sometimes I give recommendations on TV shows. So I've been watching Lord of the Rings. Um, that's a show. I'm waiting for it to like get good. It looks pretty. They definitely spent the money on it. But I have to say, it hasn't made me want to go back and like read some of the lore of that shit i was super into the lore of like world of warcraft and halo and stuff like that like video games i've played and it's crazy because like a lot of once you start learning some of the lord of the rings lore you see a lot of the similarities between like other things that you've you know played or read or watched in the past it's like oh so everyone just copied this guy huh yeah suppose so jrr really knew what was up man made some great stuff but I learned a whole lot about it because they, as soon as they said the two lamps, I was like, what the fuck is that? What is a two lamps? Who's Morgoth? What the fuck? They go they teach you none of that. And then, uh, but they did't necessarily need to, I guess. I've been watching that. That's okay. It's neat. Um, but really what I'm here to talk about is, uh, CLIs, command line interface. Okay. Um, th- these are the things that you see in 1980s hacker movies where they're typing on like a black and white screen or, or a green and black screen like the Matrix and you type it in the commands and you're breaking into the system and stuff like that. You know, I mean, all of what you're looking at is a terminal or a console or something like that. You know, you're you're. Your interface, it's the human readable part of an application. Like, you don't know what the fuck's going on inside of that computer unless there's some way for you to get that information. And the terminal is usually the way that you can interface directly with, like, as much of the computer as possible, uh, if that makes sense. Um, because it takes a decent amount of effort to make things human readable, human usable, clickable, all that. Like, making a user interface is surprisingly difficult. Uh, to map onto many different uh, like data models that are underneath it. And there's so many issues that can happen. Um, they've been trying to standardize it for forever. That's why we have the web <laughs> and like native languages and stuff. Uh, but for, for real, like it's, it's, it, it's not easy to make like a, an admin interface. That's why like a majority of the time you find they're looking for react developers to, you know, Hey, you work on some stupid ass dashboards for their stupid ass internal tools. You know, it's like many people to like just make internal like drop downs and modals and shit. Somehow in the year 2022, we still have to keep doing this. Like everybody's still doing this shit. No one's completely figured it out. Everyone's got their own framework or different philosophy. And every company decides to make their own friggin modals and buttons anyway, every friggin time. They don't want to use whatever's out there because branding, etc. Whatever. Um, How do I get onto this? All right. Command line interfaces. The command line is how you interface directly with the computer because and it's probably it's the way that developers mostly interface with it and not through a GUI. Um mostly because you get access to as much as possible like um in comparison to GUIs, I suppose. Um there's a whole lot of tooling uh, that's been around for a whole long time and it, it's not like it's gotten um 
that it's gotten a whole lot better, but it hasn't necessarily gotten more complicated like the command line interface. It's very simple. You type in a command, you hit enter and it responds. And, you know, you type in a command, you tell a computer to do something or a series of commands or whatever, and the computer does them and then returns a result, hopefully, you know. And we rewrite commands that do everything from running local servers to running migrations to cleaning up data to do whatever, create files in the file system. You know, the entirety of like a lot of operating systems are based on like these low level commands to that call other commands that call other commands. You know, and a lot of scripting that comes into, you know, or I should go even more broad than that. A lot of the, you know, computing being done uh, at large firms is like a lot of times ends up being like some scripting kind of shit. You know, a lot of these workflows, uh, like a lot of things that companies are implementing are like workflow management, like workflow tools, you know, like X happens then we want Y to happen then we want Z to happen. And then that's got to like, you know. Whenever you get a piece of data, that's got to make it into like the data lake or the data warehouse or to be, you know, to make it to a dashboard that a marketer can see it or to an, that an admin or, or a project manager can see it or something like that. Right. And in order to kind of get the data there, it requires a whole lot of like movements. Like you need to like write lambdas that push things into databases and take things out of databases that hit APIs and push them into out of APIs, you know, and like some of the more simple things are just like, you know, get document from S3 and create record in DynamoDB is like a script. It's, it's very simple commands like copy and paste pretty much, you know, so it's really not that, you know, crazy of a concept that a lot of this, you know, actual work being done is like scripting, especially when you look at like, you know, a lot of the abstractions in AWS or Google Cloud or whatever, you know, like you don't have to write an entire like crazy file system thing if they entirely just give you S3 and Elastic Cache, like you're kind of like set, you know, you're working on like piping together these services more than like building up the entire services themselves, or at least in more modern day, like quote unquote serverless architecture right you're kind of just like piping different services together that's mostly done in like scripting languages like python or javascript something like that uh, but even going further from that like you know a lot of things like when we, we had a couple episodes back about jobs you know running running a piece of code for an indeterminate amount of time at on some records at some point like a cron job or something like that like that code is usually like a script and like that script you know, back in the day, it was pretty much all shell scripts, you know, or other or other scripts. <laughs> um, but nowadays, it feels like, you know, you you you, you build a CLI, uh, you publish that CLI, and that CLI gets used. Um, and there's lots of ways to write a CLI, but usually, like, you're interfacing it through shell or bash, right? Or if you're on your local, you're using, like, ZSH or something like that. But a lot of the times, like, you know, you're running your code on CICD, that's using Linux. That's running your code uh, with sh- with probably shell, um, and it's got to like when you write your CI/CD command or your different pipelines and jobs or whatever, you're giving it commands to run. You know, like I want you to run tests, then run linting, then run the build, and then run the deploy. You know, those are all kind of like commands you'd make into a into CLIs because that's kind of how the entire system has already been made out. And if you're kind of lost at this point, I wouldn't blame you. I'm already, I'm already kind of fucking lost somehow in my own brain. Um, but the, the main point I want to get to is that, like, you know, it's another programming language. You open up the terminal on your Mac or, like, the PowerShell slash, I guess they have a terminal app now on Windows. Um, you want to open that up and then play with some of the commands, you know, learn, like, Linux commands, learn PowerShell commands if you're Windows geek or something like that. Um, because... 
the commands that you learn how to do there are commands you're going to learn or you're going to have to use when you start doing things that have that, that run in a CI CD context that or that run in a context that need to uh, move data from point A to point B. Like it, it, sometimes it's easy just to like plug in a couple commands that do do some things, pipe them together and you're done. But instead of having to like write a whole piece of JavaScript, if you can just, you know, like why why write a whole like JavaScript that like copies files from place to place if you could just, you know, do a CP command instead, right? Like, there's no reason to like write a whole bunch of scripts if like a scripting language is already kind of there and you can already utilize it, you know, in the native language of the system instead of because at that point, if you're running in CID CI CD context and you need to run a node script to like move your file, you need to install Node.js, which means you probably need to like use a different Docker image or some shit like that, you know? But there's trade-offs. There's a lot easier to like maintain and work on a big JavaScript CLI project, which is why, you know, a lot of the CLIs are written with JavaScript but get executed in like a shell context, right? So I might like, you know, write the entirety of the the con the command line interface. Source code could be in JavaScript or Python or something like that, but it is totally it is just like not inter like the actual interfacing with that command line interface package is done with shell, bash, whatever. You know? Like through the terminal, through the command line. So we use these command line tools for everything from like, you know, learning Git um, to uh, running lints, to running tests, to deploying, you know, using Docker to like Docker build or Docker push or whatever, stuff like that. Um, but the thing is, is that like, I feel like a lot of people, they're either taught like too much in the wrong way or too little in the, you uh, in know, a, in, a, in a surface level way. Like, I feel like if I talk to bootcamp people, and they're like, yeah, we were just told to copy paste these commands like npm run dev and that I don't know what's actually happening there, but it does the thing. And then I meet some other folks that are like, oh, yeah, I just have been using the GUI uh, forget. And like, I, I don't know what uh, any of these command things are. Or you meet people that are from universities and they've gone through like they know a whole lot of shell and stuff like that. Um, but they they know like a shitload of the the commands that like you don't necessarily need to use a whole bunch. And they have like less of an understanding of like the main command line interface packages that exist out there, like Docker and whatnot. But either way, I still think universities probably, probably give you a better shot at learning Bash or Shell or the terminal because, you know, that's a pretty ubiquitous thing that's been around for a very long time. And boot camps kind of eh, kind of just don't teach you enough. They just kind of give you the surface level because they only got you for three months. Like, oh, yeah, just run the uh, run the pip install. There you go. That's like, what's, what's, what's pit? Like, ah, don't worry about it. It, uh, it doesn't install. Uh, and then you run Python and that, but then like the day comes when all of a sudden you run, you run pip and you don't, and it says pip is not a, not a command. You're kind of shit out of luck. Cause you have no idea what that, what's going on there. You know, like I was working with a mentee and we were like trying to debug something in a, on, on the CICD context and GitHub act or GitLab actions or GitHub actions, whatever. And it was just like totally lost because I understand like, you know, what the hell was going like, what was the context it was running in, all the things that were coming down the screen and um, how exactly to fix those issues, such as like you try to run a node script and node doesn't exist. Like, how do you how do you get node to exist? Well, you have to like run that job with an image where node exists. So you have to like specify the image to be a node.js image or specify the image to be something that has node.js installed or as part of your, you know, before as part of your script, you um, apt get install node.js. And then you run Node.js, like it was part of like the script. Of course, that's kind of a bad idea because every time you do your, every time your job runs, it'll be re reinstalling a dependency you could just kind of bake in. Um, but whatever.
That that's kind of a random spiel and rant about CLIs. They're very important. You should learn at least like the basic commands of Linux, like how to make a directory, how to copy stuff around, how to make a file, which is touch, by the way. Um, you should learn some, uh, you should kind of understand what piping is. You should uh, understand how to set your, uh, how to set variables and uh, how to set them in your profile, your profile file, whatever that's your bash RC or your zish RC or Z profile, whatever the heck you're going to use. And it's also probably worth it to figure out how to like get something installed like oh my ZSH or something like that on your terminal just so you have like a nicer experience that actually has some features that prints out like the branch you're on or something like that. You know, that stuff's nice to have for sure. Like just go and like find a YouTube video or an article about like, you know, how to master the command line or how to how to create the perfect command line environment. And I think you'll learn a lot if you don't know already. So now we're just going to move on to a shitload of questions because I'm light on the brain cells and the script this week. So this is a question from last week, but I'm going to, I think I forgot to answer the latter half of it. So I'll repeat it. A question for experienced web developers. So my question is, and apologize if this doesn't fit the rules, do you actually have a passion for web development? What aspects of the job do you truly enjoy? What aspects get under your skin? Thank you for your answers. So I think last time I said I enjoyed putting my work out for so many people and accomplishing some shit. Like generic ass answer. I don't know. I mean, it's legit though. I mean, I do like, you know, pushing stuff out there, having it work, have it be fucking awesome, have it load fast, have it score highly, have it look dope, have it show up in media coverage, have it show up on uh, from other people talking about it. Uh, you know, having other people use it and, and, and watch the numbers roll in of, you know, of going up to millions of people, thousands and tens of thousands of requests per minute, you know, pretty sweet. And uh, watching the servers you built actually survive the load because you're not fucking dumb. Which is a uh, surprise, you know, it, it takes a, it, it's, it, it really isn't that hard to to make sure you don't go fucking down on launch day. You just have to like, you know, make sure you just have to like actually listen to your developers if they say that we're going to go down on launch day. <laughs> so, and and having like a a boss that like actually understands the importance of not going down on launch day and, and implementing caching structures. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, anyway, um what aspects really get under my skin? Uh, you know, these this is this is classic. Uh, you know, when you, when you go to ask somebody a question, they're just like, I can't, I don't have fucking time to talk to you. You're like, no shit, asshole. We all had no time to talk to each other. Okay. Suck my balls. You don't got fucking time. I don't have time to listen to your shit saying, I don't have time to talk to you. That's annoying as fuck. You know? Uh... What else? Uh, whenever you're working on a big, big project for like a couple of weeks and all of a sudden that shit just gets canned out of fucking left field. Like, I'm OK if I build stuff and like halfway through building it, someone says, actually, we're canning this. You can just let it go. I'm kind of OK with it. But once I've like put it out and it's gone through QA and you've like obviously talked about it and you've seen it and then like you don't even involve me in the conversation where you decide to can my my fucking feature that I just built for the past like month. That shit's fucking lame. Like. A lot of people have, or PMs in general, or, you know, people, I guess, you know, they keep developers like mushrooms, you know, they keep them in the dark and feed them shit. And that generally goes for anybody that's not a manager, you know, you keep your people in the dark and you feed them shit. You know, yeah, you'll learn, you'll know when I want you to know kind of shit, you know, like, ah, you'll find out when we want you to find out about, you know, our, our policies or, you know, whether or not you're getting a raise or a promotion or 
whether or not layoffs are happening. You know, they're never fucking straightforward with their answers because they're not allowed to be. You know. Anyway, so I get I get annoyed when like you know at least if you're gonna can my shit, that's not something that it, you can't tell me. You can tell me if you're gonna can my shit. Have the balls to say, hey, we've. Me and the other eggheads up here in the fucking we know what's best department. I've decided that the feature you've been working on is not worth it. So we're going to st- we're not going to support it. We're cutting it from the spec. And if you tell me that after I've been working on it for a couple months, I'll be pissed. That's just it. I mean, like I've that's happened to me many times at this point. I'm fucking numb to it of uh, being like, oh, cool. Yeah, all right. Sure. Whatever. One less thing to fucking worry about. But, you know. Shit kind of stings, especially if you're working on something you like actually like and it gets canned. Kind of sucks. Um, what else? I hate when people like ping me for ping me for all their fucking problems. Like you know, if 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 you have to ask me like questions that you could find out yourself, and I know that you could find out yourself, that fucking pisses me the fuck off. And but I will still be there to hold your fucking hand and guide you through it and tell you the answer. But yeah, that shit does piss me off. Where you're just like, and you know, like it's just like, bro. You even read the thing that I sent you, Bruh. How do you, especially if you have someone that's like way above you, like a principal engineer or a, or a senior something, and they're coming to you being like, "Hey, can you explain to me how how this shit works?" Like, and that shit they're asking you is like React, and you're like, "Bro, it's it's a fucking framework with documentation." Get your fucking eyeballs on a screen to read it. Why the fuck are you asking me? Like, that shit pisses me off. That's how you know you're up against a, a, a fake-ass motherfucker. Is you get someone who's senior uh, that comes and asks you, hey, can you explain to me something that I could go figure out and learn for myself? Like, you know, if you're up, if you're up at that echelon of, uh, of managerial power or seniority, and you're, like, asking juniors to, like, explain shit to you, that shit's so fucking cringe. But like, you know, if you're talking about explaining the systems or something they built, that's fine. But like, if you ask somebody like, hey, can you t- teach me how Angular works? Hey, can you teach me how SQL works? Hey, can you teach me how... It's like, bruh, go read the fucking books. Go read the fucking articles. Do I look like a teacher to you? I'm a fucking developer. You're my fucking boss. Or my boss's boss. Or a senior engineer that should know how to teach himself this shit. Or like how to go figure it out for themselves. Like, God. That annoys the absolute piss out of me. People that could most obviously figure the shit out, figure shit out from themselves, but they much rather take the easier path of asking somebody else to solve their fucking problems for them. That shit's annoying as fuck. But is what it is. The the quicker I get them to their answer, the quicker I get them out of my fucking face or my fucking orbit or my fucking zone, personal space, what have you. So I'll still answer your fucking question. Just know that I'm salty about it. That's pretty much like 99% of my interactions. I'll do it. I'm just salty about it. And I will and I will complain. And I actually enjoy the complaining part. It's like 90% of the reason why I talk is to complain. And I don't know. It's it's cathartic to complain. It makes me feel like I'm uh, actually accomplishing something. I don't know why, because it, it I never am. But I don't know. Perhaps shouting into the void is the only way we really truly feel alive. Maybe that's where I'm at. Okay, next question. What is your programming job actually like? What does your actual day-to-day look like? How's the pay? How's the stress? I currently work as an English teacher, and I'm looking to get out of this profession because it feels very high stress without great pay, but I don't want to jump from the frying pan into the fire, if you know what I mean. Yes. 
I am currently working on App Academy, blah, blah, blah. And it's taking me 10 months to get through half the rail section. It's short. This is taking a lot of time and effort. I enjoy stuff. Full stack and front end stuff is very difficult and confusing for me. If I finish this AAO bootcamp, do I get a job? What do you think that might look like? Any help in providing me with if I want an entry level program job looks like that'd be great. Especially if you have a job as bootcamp or self-learner. Thanks. That's me. I'm a self-learner. What is my day-to-day? -day? Okay. Um, well, like, the question, I guess, is really asking for entry-level day-to-day, but I'll go with my current day-to-day because -day it's much more ballin'. And then we'll, we'll talk about what it was like back when I was a shithead. Um, I wake up 10, 15, 30 minutes, however much, before stand-up, roll out of bed, shake the shit out of my eyes, or crusties, whatever, uh, you know. Pop myself down in front of the computer, catch up on the slacks, attend stand-up, attend the next stand-up, attend another fucking meeting, attend another fucking meeting. Next thing I know, it's like maybe lunchtime. Run out, get myself a sandwich or something, come back, eat it, and then one of two things happens. I either have more afternoon meetings, or I'm caught in some fucking fire. And so, half the time, while all this shit's happening, someone will ping me in the morning, or someone will get pinged, or something will happen, and I'll be like, oh, this thing's broken, we need to fix it. It's never usually like a production outage, you know, it's just like something's broken for like, you know, developers, internal tooling or something, you know, so it's annoying as crap. You know, I'm like trying to pay attention to stand up and I'm like also trying to like write, cut out a hot fix to like fix some stupid ass issue on the on some stupid ass page. But anyway, after lunch, I either take a nap for a solid amount of time or I uh, or I get back to work or go through meetings. Um, usually throughout the rest of the day, I'm fighting off Slack messages left, right, and center, trying to, like, answer threads or whatever. And it's tough to actually get real coding work done during this time, because, like, as a senior dude, you're always having to, like, respond to Slack messages and shit or attend meetings. But usually around, like, 6.30, like, that shit dies off. And then, um, depending on if I'm busy, like, if I'm busy, I'll, like, continue working, um... You know, up until the moment I have, I go to the gym, and I'll go to the gym, and I'll come back, and I'll keep working through to to like minute. Because like, if I have work to do that I know it's just coding I have to get through, like you know, writing tests or writing components or styling or doing stuff I already know how to do, then I can kind of sit down late at night and just like crank that shit out. Because like during the day, you're constantly distracted with Slack messages and shit. At least at night, everyone's offline and shuts the fuck up. Like you know, those people I was talking about that are like paying you to, to help them understand shit. Those people that are that don't know a fucking thing, they always always clock out at like five thirty or six thirty, whatever. They always clock out. They they are never on like late at night, like you know, banging out some fucking work. The the shit. The people that don't know fucking jack shit sometimes you know they're the kind of people that clock in clock out and then when they're clocked in they ask you to help them fucking jesus um anyway uh after that after the gym or whatever at night smoke weed till two in the morning uh playing league of legends or stupid shit like that wasting my fucking life away and then because i've stayed up to two in the morning i never mean to i just always do um, I might read the Kindle, might listen to fucking podcasts, but either way, I'm smoking weed. And, uh, before I know it, it's, you know, one in the morning, before I know it, it's two in the morning, before I know it, I'm falling asleep at like two 30. Um, I have to take some melatonin and then I kind of like fuck myself because I'm always fucking tired the next day. That hence the nap midway through the day. Sometimes try to get that energy back up because like I, it sucks to be dead tired and go into the gym. Uh, I don't like that. And like, really my body doesn't like it either. Like I need the rest. So. I don't know, sometimes, like, you know, if I'm having, like, I'll just be like, eh, I'll, I'll eat something quick for lunch, and then just, like, spend the rest of the hour, like, fucking resting, and trying to, like, you know, 
get back and get rested for the gym later that evening or or whatever. Um, but I, when I first started, you know, it was a lot of like no meetings whatsoever. Like when I first started, if I got in a meeting, I was like, yeah, I'm a real developer now. I'm a real office worker. I get to go to a meeting. Hooray. But as a as a fucking adult, you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Why, why, why do I have to be here? Uh, why is it my responsibility to do this? Why do I have to be in this? Oh, God damn it. Oh, and I have to do another meeting, another one after this. Oh, we have an impromptu meeting. We need to. Oh, someone just slacked me an invite to a Zoom call impromptu because some impromptu fucking issue happened. Oh, I can't wait to be in Zoom calls. Oh, wait, now I have to be on a Zoom call with a designer that takes four hours to go back and forth on shit. Or be in a, another fucking Zoom call triaging somebody else's busted shit because they need my help and because the, they fuck something up. Whatever. I don't know. There's also times where I fuck it up and then I have to, you know, spend my time fix my own mess. That's for sure. So I'm not I'm not the best engineer that ever was or were just saying that. OK, so but when you're but when I'm a, when you're a junior, you just show up at work and you work on your tasks and you get fucking confused and you just kind of like sit there in pain and in confusion as you try to get your shit done and then you like finally like push up your code and then you go to try to talk to a senior to try to get some feedback or some learning and be like did, did i do it right is this the thing and like half the time the senior engineer would be like shut the fuck up junior dev i don't have the time nor energy or effort to talk to you or teach you the ways because i am so smart and have so many things to do as a senior dev but if you find like a mentor or a senior dev that actually like wants to fucking help you then like actually like ask some questions and shit and bring them the, and ask for feedback all the time and always get those code and reviews you know but realistically like you just kind of like pull down the ticket work on it push up the code work on the next ticket and then like in between you're just fucking lost and trying to get your time of from senior engineers to help your ass out um and hopefully as a junior or as an intern or whatever you're spending your time wisely when you're done with your like because you're not getting out a whole lot of tickets like realistically senior engineers know that junior engineers don't know how to you know they can give them a ticket that they could do in 30 minutes or an hour they know that'll take you like you know five hours to do right so you're gonna be kind of sitting there like fucking around and like you know trying to figure shit out and they're gonna underload you with work because of that so some, a lot of times you'll get free time, in which case you should be using to read up on documentation or learn how a framework works or like do other stuff. You know, you shouldn't just be sitting there twiddling your thumbs. You should be like, you know, learning, uh, you know, the fucking event loop or some shit, you know, go read a book <laughs> or, or whatever. I don't know. So that's that's kind of what, if I remember what my entry level job was like, that was it. It was just like me in front of my computer trying my darnest to like get my brain to work to 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 do the things i wanted and just being lost and using google and just like asking seniors for help all the time and like that was it um that's kind of what it's like uh i can't really think of like any other routine type shit because like i didn't really have meetings back then he kind of just like did my code and like pushed it up and then like asked seniors for feedback and then my pms did qa and then like that was it but as a senior you actually have to be involved in meetings where you plan out infrastructure or you make tickets or you groom the backlog or 
you're having higher level conversations about how to move data around or how to integrate new systems or whatever. And like, you know, I haven't really thought about it, but a lot of those meetings I've been in for the past, you know, for, for weeks, like there's just like no junior engineers in those meetings ever, you know, it's just like at a certain point you're, you kind of become like a mid-level or senior person. Like, like usually kind of starts when you're like mid-level and a, in a senior, senior will kind of just drag you along to meetings that, because you know, you're working on the same thing he is or they, or they are, he, she, they, whatever to be gender agnostic here um so that was a really long answer for programming job is really like fuck as a junior uh it's a lot of being fucking confused and scared and lost and all you can really do is ask the internet for help or ask your coworkers for help and hopefully get the feedback to help you continue to improve to become a better software engineer so take that answer i suppose because you have no choice um next question mongodb in 2022 is Mongo still relevant in 2022? I'm curious because technology changes all the time. Like, let's say instead of Mongo, I use Firebase or MySQL, etc. Is it just better to use because it it's in a Mern stack? I'm curious on your thoughts. Thank you. Um, no, it's not dead. MongoDB is probably fine to use in 2022. Um, it's probably fine to use most databases in 2022. Um, it's probably fine to most use most anything is if if it fits your needs. Like you know, you don't want to be using you know MongoDB if you need to have a lot of relational data. Like if it's a document, like you choose MongoDB because it's a document database, not because it's like really well muchly used in 2022, right? Like it, it, it you, there is an argument to be made that you can go look at a, a technology and be like, huh, Angular. What are the legs on that? How long is that going to be around? Are, we, are there going to be patches? Are people going to support it? But like a thing like AngularJS or, Ang- or React or MongoDB are like very heavily supported. Like there are some packages out there that are not. And you should go look and make sure that some things are like dead in the water or not going to be supported or deprecated or whatever. But most big name things like you listed here, like Firebase and MySQL are really sick. Like MySQL has been around for like friggin' ever, you know, like and people are still using it. Like it's totally still relevant. The document databases are totally still relevant. I don't really have much else to say besides, like you know, don't get discouraged whether or not something's relevant or not. Just try to understand like what's the best tool for the job, and then choose like the safest option. You know, if you, like MySQL is pretty safe, Mongo is pretty safe. You know, but you don't want to use some like really, really wacky database that no one's ever that no one really uses except for very special special circumstances. You know what I mean? You want to choose what's solid. And that's all I really say on that. I'm going to leave it there, uh, right on your front doorstep. Uh, I hit the ring camera, and now I'm a TikTok. That's what we do, Steve. The internet is providers. The internet is consumers. The internet is you and me. The internet is not a big truck. The people who are streaming through a whole book at a time. Maybe there is a place for the internet. And again, the internet is a series of tubes. Hey, where'd you look at you? You made it through the whole thing. Congratulations, that's awesome. If you feel like feeding me material, go ahead and email me at query at ttpspodcast.com. If you want to be a guest on the show and discuss software engineering in all of its forms, uh, contact me at guest at ttpspodcast.com. If you happen to want to sponsor the show or just give me money for no reason, that's business at ttpspodcast.com. And then just ttpspodcast.com. Go there and see episodes and look at the website I made for it. Yeah.
the, all those emails go to me. I, it's a one-man show over here. I, it's all an illusion. But I like the folders that the different emails make. So, 